Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. The Courage to Lead, episode 218. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible week. I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Jordan Wilshire. Jordan is an experienced high-performance career coach with a passion for helping millennials reach their full potential in the workforce. Jordan's mission is to empower professionals to never feel the shame of failure, to excel as a teammate and leader, and to secure promotions and pay raises. Uh, with his tailored approach, Jordan works closely with each of his clients to help them develop their skills, overcome obstacles, and find success on their own terms. Jordan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And yeah, no, it's been a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. No, it's great. I've been looking forward to the conversation. So millennials, and, and like you said there at the end, success on their own terms, that's really come to light with the millennials. That's something that's very, very important to them. And now it's kind of made us, the, the boomers kind of go, yeah, yeah, I want things on my own terms. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's kind of turned into an awakening of sorts over the last, I guess, generation in the sense that for millennials, it's so important to be able to have that, have have your cake and eat it almost mentality sense that is, yeah. There's an inner desire to have that performance enjoyment mm -hmm. and have to be able to see they are developing on some sort of path. Yeah. To get Absolutely. that. Get they that brought growth. it to light. And now everybody is saying, yeah, well, why not? You know, I yeah, think we should we all, all want that. We all want this. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is all great. Right. Um, so, I want to talk about kind of where you got your start, how you got to where you are now, who you work with, the millennials, how you work with them, uh, what sets yeah. them apart from, you know, boomers and stuff. Um, there's a lot that I'm going to learn from this because I'm a definitely an older boomer. Um, but before we get started, I got 10 icebreaker questions that I ask all my guests. These are questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his guests from Hollywood TV, film and stage. And I figured if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. All right. Also, also this guy for it. 10 questions. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Oh, um, I, I think I just like leadership, to be honest. I like what it stands for. I like what it encapsulates and it can mean many different things. And I love that variety. Nice. Okay. What is your least favorite word? Um, I think it's most people's um, word they hate, but it's the word moist. Okay. Just, <laughs> just absolutely, um, it triggers me in a way yeah. that I think triggers a lot of people. 
That has come up multiple times. Absolutely. All right. Question number three, what turns you on? Being able to give that value, um, being able to work one-to-one or in a group with an individual, working with people. That's what really lights the, my fire. Nice. All right. What turns you off? Anything manual labor with my hands. Like is it a case of it gives my mind too much time to wonder, too much time to think. And if I'm not in the right setting where I can go create stuff, go write content, then it just drives me mad. Okay. <laughs> All right. What sound or noise do you love? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I love when you first go into a soccer stadium and the noise just hits you that atmosphere and you just see everything like that load of the senses is just incredible yeah gets you all charged up absolutely it does all right what sound or noise do you hate any anything that's kind of like reoccurring where it shouldn't be like someone's phone alarm going off when you're in the office and no one's going to run that turn it off because they don't know whose it is like you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. and it grinds you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Kind of anything that accentuates the point. So most common one is the F word. Like you just add the F word to a sentence and I like how it, it, it expands the point and really hammers home the message. Hammers it home. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. All right. Question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I'd love to be an actor. Like that would be amazing. Like just in terms of, yeah, just bringing the story to life on the screen. I find that quite fascinating. That'd be great. There's time. You can do that. You're young enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm young. I could. Absolutely. All right. Uh, question nine. What profession would you not like to do? Um, and anything that requires me to with like work with my hands, I would say. Um, if it's like the same repetitive motion week, week after week, day after day, I think that, that would just really, it would really wind me up. So Absolutely. that's not for me. Absolutely. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you, you meant well, probably is the best one. Um, <laughs> and you set out what you achieved. Nice. Absolutely. Very cool. You achieved All right. what you set out, maybe. <laughs> Reword that one around. <laughs> exactly. The lines over there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jordan, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we want to talk about how you got your start, how you started working with millennials, um, how you helped them, right? Um, and then at some point we're going to talk about courage and leadership. Okay. Great. All right. Listeners, we're going to talk about all that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? 
Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back. My guest, Jordan Wilshire. Jordan, thanks again for joining us all the way from New Zealand. Appreciate you getting up early to be with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. And like I say, happy to be here, happy to provide value and oh, yeah. co- coffee to my right and we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Bring it on. I've had my coffee, bring it on. So why the focus on millennials? Mainly is because growing up, I grew up in that age between, I, I was born in 94, so like the common class terms of a millennial is anyone born between 1986 and 96 I would say and you got that generational divide between 96 and 2000 between millennial and gen z and growing up um, and getting my like first steps into my coaching career I really wish I had someone that was there to mentor me and really help me with my own development necessarily wasn't linked to the business as such. And the reason why I chose millennials is one, to step forward and fulfill that need that I wish I had for others. But secondly, I find the age group and demographic very diverse and very interesting in the sense that who I work with covers all kinds of different fields. So I get to learn and talk to all different nuanced levels of people and experiences. And it really, it really keeps that variety in my day. And they have so much because of that, they have so much potential to go on and do good. Mm -hmm. And I want to play a part in that. Nice. Yeah. So what is it that millennials, when they come into the workforce, what are they anticipating? What are they expecting that maybe they're not finding? And it it depends where they are on that kind of age scale. Like I would say when they're first stepping into a new role, and I had this with a client recently, that they are struggling to assert that they almost belong in that place Hmm. due to a lack of experience and which I find very fascinating in the sense because the person that I I had had a background of team leadership and had a background but of developing people and he was doing this in this in a new role Hmm. but the contexts were different so he was missing the link between his experience and translating that into a new context and that how that developed psychologically for him it started to have like a negative impact saying oh i made this mistake i'm not good at my role and that has an impact whether you are aware of it or not on the business itself and yeah. the managers around. So in how the millennials feel about themselves stepping into a new business, having conversations with people that are maybe senior to them, 
they find it initially quite challenging if they don't know necessarily how to build that rapport, how to feel comfortable within their own skin. Yeah. And that's the initial challenge when they first come in. And when you get to leadership roles, it's the same kind of questions, but towards the team dynamic, like how can I make this team perform whilst also keeping my authority, keeping the credibility, which is big for them. And also how prepared am I to have the tough conversations? Because right. in leadership, you absolutely have to have, Yeah, it, sometimes you do have to strip someone down to get them to build back up. Yeah, and, but there are ways of doing it, right? But there are ways of doing yeah. it, absolutely. Yeah. Like, but, and you gotta have all of that in your arsenal and exactly. leadership's complex, Yeah, right? Definitely. Um, but I mean, it almost sounds like you're talking about like imposter syndrome, which I think everybody experiences at times. It does. You step into yeah. a role and you go, wow, am I really cut out for this? Do I know everything I need to know? I think the millennials are coming in with great education because there's so much information out there on leadership and, and managing people and things like that. But they don't have the 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 time and grade like some of the older folks may have to where they're comfortable mm. doing this and asserting their authority, you know, get a little bit of gray hair and people look at you expecting, you know, you just are comfortable with this stuff. Um, so is, is that what it is kind of it, that that's where they're, they're stumbling or is it the leadership isn't giving them everything they need to, to step into their role fully? Um, I think, I think both factors apply because like you say, gr- kind of growing up between, 1986 and before that there wasn't really a lot of information to, because of the world wide web and things like that and so a lot you learned by doing right you learned by getting your hands in you didn't necessarily have time to get into analysis paralysis because the information out there just wasn't out there so you learned by a quick feedback model in the sense that you did did the work you got them you did the work, you spoke to the leader who gave you feedback and that was it. That was the only input. So acceleration of development for boomers happened. And because they've been doing it for a longer period of time, they've got that bank of experience to know what works and what doesn't. And I I definitely agree on the where millennials are more educated. It's been quite a prosperous for us almost generation for that in the sense that we've seen the introduction of web two and now web three and technology is advancing all the time and there's all sorts of ideas and information to help really make an impact and with anything like that it's two sides of a coin there's light and dark and the dark sides of and the problem that many people face is that there's so much information out there, depending on your personality, on your leadership style, there's a lot of comparison that comes with that now. And let's say, pull it in a work context, you have a leader who is giving the right advice, but people can now just go onto the internet, discredit it straight away and right. reinforce their own worldview. 
Yeah. Whereas now that's that necessarily might not be the right thing. So it's a case of, I think you need to marriage both together. And that's ultimately the solution I provide is right. it's all good having these ideas and it's all good with all of these like skills and experiences. But if you're not marrying that towards what the business needs right. and what the business can do to improve, then you, it's not going to translate into career success. And exactly. that that is where I come in to join the dots. I think that's where maybe the, the leadership of the company breaks down a little bit is they don't set those clear expectations, right? Yes, um, yeah. They, a lot of companies aren't used to giving immediate feedback. They want to wait until the annual review, you know, and, uh, oh, back in February, you did this. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me back in February, <laughs> right? You don't yeah, wait until the end of the year to tell me what's wrong. And I think that's where millennials are, are, are helping kind of propel things is that, no, tell me right now, I need feedback right now. You know, yeah. am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? What do I need to do differently? Cause I want to, I want to be good at this. Yeah. It's, it's going back to the idea of light and dark. That's the light side of instant gratification in the sense that it fuels a person's self-development in the mm-hmm. sense, I want that feedback to improve as soon as it's available. Like I, I remember when I was receiving my own feedback in previous roles, I'd say, "Oh, so you did this in January?" I, was like, I don't remember January. I it's know. now June. <laughs> like, exactly. Just, I exactly just wished someone would just. I think people just appreciate it more, even if you're being dead honest and just saying, "Look, that was awful." Yeah. Because of X, Y, Z, here's what you can do instead. You'd appreciate someone just actually telling you that, then doing the same mistakes for six months and then being told six months later. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a lot of people have the image that millennials come in expecting to be the boss, expecting to be in a leadership position, expecting without putting their time in like some of the older folks do. And I think that's where the clash comes is a lot of the older folks will say things like, well, hey, it took me years to do this. It's going to take you years, Right. It took me a yeah. long time to learn this. I'm just going to give this information away to somebody. Um, is that is that true or is that a mis, misconception? Um, I, I can see where the misconception comes from because, again, on the flip side of the instant gratification, you do have that almost like dark ethos of it in the sense that we want things right now. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely def- – I definitely do see that in my clients. Um, depending on where they are in their career, especially if they've had a sort of leadership position before. Um, it's part of the conversation to help to realign and reset expectations if they're looking to move into a leadership role within the company they're in. Because the tangible things matter in terms of doing your doing your time there because the difference between stepping into a leadership role in the company in six months compared to nine months is that whole knowledge bank of how the culture works, how the how the leadership team want their leaders to behave, how they put teams together, how they perform. And it, I don't think you can get away from that. And I think it's important not to get away from that. And... Um, and that's if you are staying within a company and 
it works both ways, I would probably say. Um, with millennials, they do get to a point where if they don't feel they are getting that development, then it's a very competitive and open job market right now. Right. Like the competition for talent between companies is quite high sure. um, since post-pandemic. So it's, I think you find this across millennials and Gen Z, to be fair. Um, whereas with boomers, they would be happy to, happy to um, buy their time to develop and almost like trust those pre-existing bonds that development will happen for them if they continue to do the work. Whereas the trigger is definitely quicker for millennials and gen and the next generation that if they've given time and they've analyzed it and they can see that development's just not coming, there's no evidence, right. then they're definitely not afraid to make that jump. Sure. And that's where I guess the adaptability comes from. But then at the same time, that with that becomes a problem if you do it too much for millennials. Yeah, so it can look bad on the resume if you have too many. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. when I was when I was working, we didn't have the internet, so we didn't have access to all the information we have now. We didn't know, you know, I don't, I don't like this boss. I don't know what the competition is doing. I have no idea what their um uh, their their contracts are like. I, I have no idea what the pay scales are like or anything like that. Nowadays, you have that information right at your hand. If yeah. you have you're frustrated with something, you can look right on your phone and say, "Oh, here's a company that has an opening today for this." You know? Yeah. The comparison effects and like things look greener on the other side and especially if you've grown up in that sort of era, it's it's definitely tempting to have a look. And I guess that's where the problem can't start in the sense that if you start believing it's greener on the other side everywhere, then you won't right. do the work. You won't develop the discipline that you need to be in a leadership role. And you yeah. won't you won't develop the credibility because you won't when you go to speak to anyone new, they'll you'll build a rapport with them, they'll understand your history and their first thought will be, well, you might be here eight months. What can I learn from you? So it's a case of doing, that's why a lot of the work I do to provide a solution to that is really getting close to what that person values, mm -hmm. what they want for a career space and trying to minimize that as much as possible because it's so important to be able to build that time and development within a business and within the team and within leadership because the performance comes when you know right. the systems in place and it, yeah i mean having having been new on on different projects before as a management consultant it's hard not to walk in and want to make changes mm. you have to give yourself some time to get to know like you said the lay of the land how does what's the culture what's leadership like what's expected and not to kind of get a feel for it before you yeah. start interjecting how you want to change things. And is yeah. that it? They're just too too anxious and get in there too soon to make changes? Um, for, uh, for, for me personally, I was definitely like that. When I first stepped in, that, that was one mistake I made was I was, when I first stepped into like 
a previous role where I just got promoted into it, I was so eager to make my mark that what I thought was given great value was actually bulldozing. And <laughs> it's a case of sometimes when you're so focused on delivering a value, you need to be aware of the effect it has on the relationships around you. So it's so important to kind of just take your time. You can relax. You can settle into a role, build those relationships, learn what the manager expects of you, learn what your team expects of you, learn what the, if you're working with people in a leadership role, learn what your actual one-to-ones expect from you. And once you have that system in place, once you have that clarity is probably a big word that, and the psychological safety that you can take your time and you can, you have to trust the management. You can do your own thing, but just do it in a way that benefits the team. That's, that's essentially what I'd pass on to others from my experience. Absolutely. So when you work with these, uh, do you work with the the companies and leadership at the company or do you work with the millennials or is it a little of both? It's it's a little of both. Um, Predominantly, it's on the one-to-one or group basis with the millennial. Um, But I've definitely had conversations with leadership people because they find the content that I generate, it it does transcend into it. It does... Mm yeah, it does offer that approach to how they can approach millennials, which was really interesting in terms of how a leader decides to build that team dynamic is how can I approach this person with all of these preconceived notions that you mentioned before. Um, And mainly the message I part is simplicity, right? Really get down to basics and understand the person in front of you where they are is the big one and you need to meet the person where they are right now not where you think they should be yeah and and that's the advice i give to leaders that come to me with it and and if they work for want to work further with me that it develops from there but it starts off with a conversation because my main bulk of work is on that one-to-one and group basis yeah yeah, I think where uh, the leadership teams at these companies kind of drop the ball a little bit is assuming that this new person coming in, this younger person coming in, doesn't have the skills that it take, or assuming that the older person in the situation should be the leader of, let's say, the team, because they've, yeah. they've been here longer. It's like, they may not be the best person, you know? Yeah, they may not even want it. They may not want but- it, Yeah. But you're, yeah, you're not that, going to know that if you don't have the conversation. Hundred percent, you got to know your people. Yeah. You do, and and yeah, that only happens when you sit down with a person and you're both comfortable with each other, sharing what you sharing the vision that you have for the role. But I think it's important to the company culture too, to where there's that mutual respect. You respect the older person because they've got a lot of time in the business. They understand it. They learned a lot over their years here, but the younger person has so much brand new knowledge that they bring in, whether it's their college experience or, or, or experience from other jobs, they have their perspective, their way of looking at things. You could learn from them 
just as much as they can learn from you. But I think it's building that culture of respect so that everyone kind of works together. Definitely. Like the, just to give an example from my own, I guess, career history, Mm -hmm. um, I was part of a team where a new leader came in and she was very, very experienced and just saw things from a completely different perspective that meant we reorganized and structured the way we were delivering our one-to-ones, delivered our actual onboarding program. And on the face of it, it was such a simple, simple tweak, but none of us saw it because we were so deep into it. So I think having, I think connecting the two is important. The leader projects that vision and creates that vision and communicates it in a safe way to the team and they coexist to create a vision together. And you're right, the best, the best way to improve that team and to improve that performance is to have that wide variety of different experiences, different personalities, different, just different uh, beliefs as well and different perspectives allows you all to just mesh that all together yeah and create something that's high performing yeah because we've all heard of the dei right the diversity and equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. um i think the i had a lady on the podcast talking about the the gender or not the gender the uh generational inclusion that you need to make room for everybody in this you know you can't just push the older folks out and bring all brand new people in because you're going to lose a lot of that knowledge that maybe these people have had for years but you can't you can't ignore the younger folks coming in they're going to have new ideas on how to do things you know yeah. so you have to have that blend like you said i think and it's down to the leader i think it's down to the leader to con- how they construct that team and how they play to the strengths of the person in front of them yeah. like yeah you've, you've got a person who is highly highly experienced who can solve very 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 niche problems that it will take the rest of the team months to solve yeah so it's so important to have that mix so you can just cover all bases yeah absolutely so if you were to give a piece of advice to the leadership team at a company who has millennials coming in and stuff what would that advice be Get to know them because each person is complex because of their own history, their own experiences, their own social habits, and their own values and vision. And the sooner that you know that as a leader, the sooner you can understand what drives a millennial, what drives any person across the generation spectrum to be fair. Um, and once you understand what drives them, that is the key to how you can build buy-in with them, to build rapport with them. And the best, the best managers I kind of had were the ones that understood that, took the time to just let me vent about problems in a safe space. Uh, let me 
do what let me have the space to actually be my own person and create my own ideas implement my own ideas and then just almost like light touch of just guiding in the right direction um that that is what i find a lot of millennials actually want is to be able to going back to what we were saying before they do have that especially if you're career driven with the profile i work with you want to make a point you want to make your impact you really want to develop yourself so you're able to push on in your career like we want to be given that space so and we want to be given that feedback so it's down to knowing the person in front of you how they how they respond to criticism how they i say criticism feedback's a better word feedback's a better word um how they respond in tough situations do they dang tools or do they do they just buckle up and just um, continue working and um, would show the resilience do they work well on the team like it's, it's all the analysis of that person and how they can play a part in your team i think is the best advice i can give start with meeting the person where they are understand where they want to go and co-create a roadmap to help get them there nice yeah, I, I think that's good advice for anybody, any team member you have. Yeah. Talk to them, find out what it is they want, you know, and if you help them get what they want, they'll help you get what you want, right? I've always said, if yeah. you take care of your, um, you take care of your employees, the employees will take care of your customers, your customers will take care of your business, your business will take care of you. So yeah, you, you just got to link, yeah. just got to link it. Like yeah. millennials already want to make that impact. And um, so it's a case of just linking it, just un understanding how they play a bigger role in what you're trying to do. And don't be afraid to actually tell them that vision. They'll love it. Yeah, They love absolutely. knowing that they're part of a bigger drive and a bigger purpose. And I think that's, that's crucial because, you know, like I said, growing up, some of the early jobs I had, I had no idea. They never talked about vision, mission, purpose, you know? Yeah. It's like you have a job, just do your job, do what I told you to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and millennials that, these days, it's like, no, 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 I need a little bit more than that. I want to understand 100%. I'm making a contribution. I want to understand that I'm valued. Right. Yeah. So, and you also want to know where you're going. And mm -hmm. um, kind of the best times I had in the team was where I knew, okay, I'm doing this action today, but where's this action going to lead us as a team? Like it connects, it all connects and it's all transparent, actually. Sure. So, if you don't have that, that creates a problem. That will unsettle, I think, anyone from millennial below now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so advice then to millennials. You say you work with them one-on-one -on -one or in a group situation. What's the best advice you give them? Get comfortable with being uncomfortable, I would say. Okay. And I'll explain what that means. Um, it the way you interact with the world now is a case where you still some of the myths are out there as we were speaking before so it's a case of as a person what that what do you value the most what do you 
believe that you can contribute what what is your strengths so you start with that self-analysis and really understand as a person who you are what what kind of limiting beliefs you may have psychologically what strengths psychologically you may have as well and really get that balanced perspective of what's what's in my way right now what's stopping me from achieving the goals i want to achieve and then the second stage of that is beginning to actually reframe some of those limiting beliefs understanding that actually the goals you're let's say you want to step into a leadership role reframing to say i want to step into a leadership role now reframing as okay that's great you have that aspiration it is going to take time what can you do to help bridge the gap because you need to connect the the dream the fault the want to output and visibility yeah. is the big one how can you make that goal of yours known in a good way right to your to your boss how can you make it known to yourself even more importantly and understand how you connect the two so it could be a case of you go up to your manager and you say okay this is where i want to go and having that honest conversation in a sense like is you got to understand if opportunity like that does exist in the company and if it does great you can work towards it mm -hmm. or the leadership can say okay we can see you want to do this there may be a different role you can fill in in the meantime right. they can help put in that gap and sure. um, either within the business or outside the business and then that's where networking comes in as well like yeah. helping to really just build the credibility in your profile and your methodology of work is what i call it because what the work i do with the clients i have is it's highly personalized but i want them to be able to have something that they can give as value to any business something that's theirs something that they are able to go into a new environment go into a new team and say okay these this is the approach i'm going to go with it's authentic to me it plays to my strength mm -hmm. it allows me to give the best possible impact when building new relationships and helps to helps to improve performance overall um so if i was to sum that up um you got step one which is self-awareness you've got to really be aware of what you want first of all and secondly your strengths any blind spots you may have and you can do that by um speaking to your friends speaking to your boss and um, for me i love to have a mentor so i actually seeked out my managers i seeked out and paid for coaching because i wanted to help to bridge that gap of knowledge i didn't have and yeah. um, and that's what allowed me to build the foundation i have now and that's what you're doing in that step one you're building 
foundation. And then step two is reframing. Any, any beliefs that got you this far, it's important to build awareness of it. Mm-hmm. But also if there are any negative ones that are holding you back, now's the time to actually reframe that into something that is realistic, mm-hmm. is evidence-based because a lot of you know, when, when people go down to do that exercise in step one they'll find actually if they just challenge that limiting belief they'll find one is it true no probably not there's no evidence um second how could that be reframed instead um and thirdly how did that make you feel yeah. really start to believe that what your positive intent is saying is actually going to be true because it's a really old famous quote, but, and it's Henry Ford. And you, so you'll probably know this is whether you think you can, or you can't, you're right. You're right. Exactly. And that's the power of the mind. That's the power of step two reframing, yep. reframing that positive. And step three is implementing it. So how can you put those, values how can you put that into some sort of mission some sort of passion that is yours it's authentic and it's something that you can repeat every day almost like a a personal affirmation right and that and the reason i get the millennials that i work with to do that is it helps them be more secure in themselves It solves the problem of the self-doubt. It solves the self-beating up, I'd probably say. That's probably a better word for it, but I just can't (laughs) think of it right now. Self-denial over their own uh, abilities. I'll I'll go with that. And secondly, the long-term benefits of that is you're going to go into an environment where you are confident in what you're saying because you believe it. And that's going to transfer into the work that you're doing that's going to transfer into the impression you make on your leadership team so almost by a virtuous cycle of goods faith and good intentions opportunities that may have previously not come to you may come to you just purely on that reframing alone and and that's a case of implementing something that is personal to you and which will then guide you between any decision that you make in the future. Yeah. And the, the guiding, I think, is important because, uh, you know, any client that I have that looking to change careers or something like that, I tell them, got to do your research. You know, you know what yeah. your core values are. You know what's important to you. You know what um, you talk about passion, right? And and the values that you have and things. Look at the company. I mean, their website yeah. has all kinds of information on there and stuff. Look, is this somebody I could work for? Do they have the same core values I do? Do they have the same beliefs I do? And then during that interview process, ask those questions to see if it jives. Don't just assume that they're going to you know, be aligned with you. And just because they offer you money doesn't mean that's going to be the best place for you to work. Sometimes it's going to be that maybe a smaller company. If your values align, you can grow and thrive in, in that environment. Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't discount small companies because they're small. Like, often, sometimes they are the best place for your development because you can dip your toes into leadership. You can dip your toes into how the business does recruit, how it 
does actual just team development. Like there's so many learning opportunities for you in there. And that comes from doing your research. It comes from understanding how you can give value. And in those conversations with those people, that's what you'll have if you work with me, is that clear sense of mind of what you can give to that business. Nice. Very cool. So let's talk briefly about courage. Where did you find the courage? You know, we always, we talk about, where do you find the courage to leave the nine to five job to start your own business, right? To create your own success. Where do you find the courage to overcome the setbacks, the divorce, the bankruptcy, illness? Where did you find your courage to step out on your own and and become this coach to the millennials? Where did that come from? That's a good question. Um, It's, if I step back to really just analyze my own career, um, I've never been afraid to take a decision that I think is right. Um, And that comes from being able to just step back and look at a situation and think, does that structure allow for development? Going back to what I was saying before, just analyzing, does it, have you spoken to your managers? Because what you may be thinking is not true in reality. Um, And what drove me, I guess, is the drive to be able to control my own development, I would say. Because when I was within the business I was in previously, I felt as if I, at the worst, was stagnating. But even worse than that, at times, it felt like I was regressing because I grew, but it was capped, at least in my mind, in my perspective. And what I I realized what I really missed was that adaptability. So I wanted to be able to, if I contributed an idea, it was perfectly okay if it didn't work. I found the confidence that actually your ideas are no good if you just keep them to yourself. Sure. Like it's a case of if the idea doesn't work, then it may inspire the person to your right to actually come up with a better idea than what they would have had or you would have had. And that only comes from stepping out and speaking for what you believe. Like I find that, I find that for me, that's where I could give my best value. So the courage for that, speaking up for what the ideas I believe in, um, that comes quite easy to me. And at the same time of that, it's, I understand now if an idea doesn't work, I can repurpose it. So for instance, if something didn't work for one person, then that doesn't mean that it's not going to work for another person. Um, If that bit of content didn't work for a blog, it could work for an ebook. I love that flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, It could work for a podcast. Um, And it's the courage to be adaptable for me to get the end result you want. That's, That's what drove me to leave. I guess the nine to five structure and 
it's, it's a bit weird because I wouldn't even say I was looking for leadership roles. I didn't set out intentionally to go find it, but it became a byproduct because of my own courage to stick to the mission I have, which is no matter what I'm doing, I want to use the coaching as the vehicle. Mm-hmm. I want to, because that's where it gets most fulfillment for me. It's where it gets, where I give most value with my strengths and my personality. And um, as long as I'm helping people and taking them from A to B by providing value and improve their lives to a point where it positively impacts their community, that's the mission that drove my courage and that's what's driving me now in the business is essentially that courage just to not be afraid to be wrong and to bring it to bring it back as a solution of what i say like all of that that i just spoke about has been really uncomfortable at times and i say it's not not a byproduct of me wanting the limelight or anything like that is all fed by the the want and the desire to provide value to people who I think need it. And I know can, I can impact. That's what, that's what drives me. And that's where I get my courage from because I always, I always think if it goes wrong, then just have a conversation with the person and then you can recalibrate via line. Absolutely. Very cool. And so if you were to coach a millennial and um, help them find a courage, what, what courage would that be? Would it be the courage to speak up? Would it be the courage to be resilient? What would it be? It'd be, it would be a case of understanding what they want or what they vision as a great leader in their world, because I'm sure you know, and your listeners know, and anyone who's listening to this will know, there have been some kind of great leaders. And we can all think of traits at the top of our heads in the sense that some are very visionary, some are great strategic thinkers, all of them have strong communication skills, and they lead by example. And for because leadership is complex, for each person is understanding what what lights the fire for them. Do they want to lead by example? Do they want to lead through their empathy? Do they want to be able to adapt to the person in front of them? Do they do they want to be a mesh of all of that? It's really understanding the person in front of you. And I get, I go back to it just because it's so important. You've got to know your people. And you, and by doing that, you personalize their development. And that's what I'd encourage anyone to work with me. We'll personalize the development for you. Like it's a great feeling to know you've got someone who is not linked to the business, who's not going to fire you for a KPI. It's a case of... I'm purely there to help to bridge the gap, purely there to link your your desire, your development goals towards an outcome that could be beneficial for your career and the business that you're in. Nice. And 
through doing that, people become leaders. And I guess that's that's the greatest compliment I could give, I guess, in the sense that the best leaders, the best coaches I've had, they've inspired people to become leaders themselves. And if I can get anything close to that, yeah. that would be good. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's that's one of our goals as coaches is to help people become the best them that they can be right yeah absolutely and it's so you have to be yourself that would be the main message i'd give to millennials like don't by all means like have a look at your idols because i definitely try to keep in mind some of mine in terms of leadership in terms of leadership in terms of there's a famous soccer coach um called sir bobby robson about the around in the 90s coaching Newcastle Barcelona and then England and he for me he was great he was such a great visionary he almost seemed he just had natural charisma and but he knew his people he if you've listened to any of his former players now that's they don't speak about the results they don't speak about the success they had in their own career they speak about the relationship they had with them how they made him feel how they improved him as a person beyond the pitch. And do I think I can do that as an introverted personality? I think I can in my own way. And that's what it's all about is adapting, adapting what you see in others and thinking about how you can do it yourself and maximizing your own strengths. There's different ways to be leaders. It's just finding yours. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, you don't have to be in a certain position with a certain title to be a leader. Be a leader where you oh, are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, it doesn't cost anything to start to develop yourself and start to make the impact that you want regardless of the title. Because if you give power to a title, it takes it away from you. Yeah, It takes it away from what you can give to the position, what you give yourself this self-worth because and that's part of the work i do as well it's intrinsic to you it's personal to you and your title is don't get me wrong it's great it does give you that bit of a push and it does give you that bit of a a stroke on the ego but it's a case of not believing the hype of that believing in your own methodology your own work and how you can give impact and value and you'll find that the roles will take care of themselves after sure. that. Absolutely. Very cool. Good stuff. Well, Jordan, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on the program. If people want to get in touch with you or, or find out about your program and how to work with you and stuff like that, where can they do that? What's your website? Yeah. Um, if people have been listening to this and been thinking, yes, I feel like I'm a bit lost right now. I feel like I, want to connect to my values. I want to give that impact and improve performance. The best place to get me one-to-one is just to book in a free call. Um, you can do that on jordanwilshire.com. You can just head on to the website and it books in a free consultation. We are able to have that conversation. And regardless of whether you want to work with me or not on a longer term basis, you'll leave that conversation with something valuable something that you'll know a bit deeper about yourself. Um, 
that's the main way I'd say. Um, secondly, I've got, I spoke about the importance of being uncomfortable. I've got an ebook on how you can make fear the greatest asset for your career development, because I believe that's so important. That's for free on my website. And if you were to go to jordanwilshire.com forward slash ebook, you would find that you'd supply your email and become part of my content for emails that come out on a Monday and a Thursday, which go into all kinds of different topics around development for millennials, development for leaders and Gen Zers as well. Um, and I've recently expanded myself. Um, I've ju just this week, I would say, and I look to grow it, start my own podcast called Goal nice. Getters. Okay. Um, it's a case of looking to grow that. Um, and I'm active on LinkedIn under Jordan Wilshire. Um, I'm active on Instagram under Jordan Wilshire Careers. And I'm very new to Twitter, but I'm also active on there. So that's just Jordan Wilshire. On any of those platforms, either through the website, through booking a call, or when you download the ebook and subscribe to my emails on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, on just if you have any questions or you want to see any kind of result for yourself, uh, feel free to send me a direct message. I will reply to you. Nice. Very cool. All right. I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and uh, download that ebook. That's awesome. Very cool. Jordan, thanks again for taking time out to talk to us. Really appreciate it. No worries. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for having me. And I hope everyone takes something away. I'd love to know what you thought. Please, Absolutely. please let me know via DMs that I just mentioned if you yeah. like this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Listeners, I hope you guys were taking notes because there's a lot of good information here. If you are a millennial, um, either struggling or not sure how to get ahead in your career, definitely check Jordan Wilshire. Um, and share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues. Leave a review on this episode, please, because uh, that's beneficial to everybody. And uh, yeah, stick around because there's always more coming. All right, that's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now.